it's amazing how e-commerce is generating these awesome businesses through people that didn't know that they would ever run a business, right? But one of the problems is we don't know how to run a business. A lot of mistakes are being made. We can't leverage past corporate experience and, you know, strategic thinking that maybe our businesses need. It's a problem. Luckily, today's guest has a solution called Fractional Leadership. It's going to be a really good episode, a lot of key takeaways. Make sure to listen to the end, and here we go. Hi, I'm Tim Jordan, and at every corner of the world, entrepreneurship is growing. So join me as I explore the stories of successes and failures. Listen in as I chat with the risk takers, the adventurous, and the entrepreneurial veterans. We all have a dream of living a life fulfilling our passions, and we want a business that doesn't make us punch a time clock, but instead runs around the clock in the AM and the PM. So get motivated, get inspired. You're listening to the AM PM podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the AM PM podcast. I'm your host, Tim Jordan. And today we have a guy who's going to talk about part time talent. Ben, is that right? Uh, that's right. Fractional leadership, fractional executive leadership. I knew you would say that much better than me, and uh, you're probably scoffing at this idea of part-time talent, but I said it for attention. So our guest yeah. today, Ben Wolf, is an expert in, let's say, part-time leadership. I know, and we're going to hear lots of different ways to kind of describe that, lots of different um, descriptive terms that all mean roughly the same thing today. But let me tell all of you listeners why I think this is important. Like I said in the intro, a lot of times we e-commerce business owners suck at being business owners. Right, we don't know what we don't know. I was a full-time firefighter. I didn't get an MBA. I know people that were stay-at-home moms, or they were nurses, or they were, you know, educators. Like all of these great professions, maybe even no profession, but they didn't all come from the corporate background. They don't understand how really the core structure of business work. They might understand how a key component of it works. They might understand how to get a brand running, or they might understand numbers really well, or they can do keyword research or data analytics. Mm-hmm. But running a business, especially at scales, requires all of those things. Now, a typical business, well, I'd say typical business, a more traditional business, somebody, a founder, is going to raise a bunch of money and they're going to hire all these executives, right? Or at least director-level leadership. And they're going to be people that understand finances better than them or, or kind of traditional marketing better than them or operations mm-hmm. better than them. But we as e-commerce sellers, we screwed up. We started building these businesses and they started blowing up the last few years. And maybe even sometimes we've been a little bit arrogant and thought, hey, we got this, right? It's my business. I can do this myself. I can figure it out. I'll watch a few YouTube videos on how to make financial decisions, right? And we think we're awesome. But I see a lot of people leaving a lot of money on the table, especially when they go to sell their business because they didn't put some key components into place. Not only that, but they're killing themselves. They are going to the graves early because they're trying to do all these things instead of outsourcing it. Right. And then I think we have a problem with assuming that outsourcing just means hiring virtual assistants in the Philippines, right? Hiring a $3 an hour person to take these tasks off of us instead of also thinking about hiring a part-time person that is smarter than us in a lot of areas, has more experience than us, can actually make decisions, actually hold us accountable even, and actually help us build our business. So long intro, but I'm passionate about this. I hope you guys can hear that. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Tim. Really appreciate it. So tell us kind of how you became the expert in this. Tell us uh, maybe the origin story of becoming the fractional leadership guy. Right. Uh, It's funny to call me an expert, but a lot of people have a lot more expertise than me. Just the one who just, I don't know, took more action on on getting this out there. But my my background is I was actually 
and one of my relatively recent lives, a uh, corporate restructuring and bankruptcy attorney. After leaving that, I uh, joined a healthcare startup. That, that's where I got started in the entrepreneurial world and joined the founder, first full-time employee, no revenue, very tech-oriented, very idealistic, very mission-driven or you know, little startup. And through that, even though I didn't have a background before, a lot of trial and error, a lot of experimentation and just figuring it out how to build a business. And uh, by the time I, by the time I left that business, we were over, uh, well, we were the largest organization of our type in New York state and we were over 130 people. So I did get to get to help shepherd it through a lot, a lot, a lot of growth and a lot of revenue. And I just learned a lot through that process. And one of the things I learned is kind of related to what you said in the introduction, which is that, uh, which, which is that you don't know what you don't know. Like, you know, we're figuring this out. All, none of us on the leadership team, like the founder, me, any of the other people we also brought on, we had never built a business like that before of that size and scale. So we didn't know a lot of things. We're, everything we knew, we just figured out. And so, you know, like when we got bigger, you know, we didn't, there's, there's so many things, a couple examples. When we got bigger, we found and we started taking surveys and we found that the the newer people in the organization who hadn't been there like from the beginning or near the beginning were really unhappy because what was happening was everybody was so slammed. Everybody was so underwater with stuff to do. They brought new people in. We're like, okay, get your I-9, get your employment stuff figured out, and then just throw you into shadow with somebody else in the role or with a manager or a team leader. And and they just, like, there was no, like, it was just kind of like, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. And people did not, people just were not happy. Uh, I mean, I, don't, I mean, they love the organization. It was happy in many ways, but like in many ways also were not happy. And uh, nobody had time to like figure out or, or knew how to make that better or had the bandwidth to make it better. Other things like in marketing, we, you know, we would get leads in. We were not, again, we were not marketing experts. The founder had a really good instinct for marketing, but you know, you get a Google pay-per-click like lead because we were tracking the source of leads, but we really had no clue where the leads even came from. We were not marketing experts. So we didn't know if they saw our bus ad and then they saw our bus stop ad, then they saw our billboard, then they saw our subway ad because we're in New York City. And, you know, and then they're like, oh, let me Google them. And then we come up with the top of Google pay-per-click and they just click on the ad. Oh, look, it's a Google pay-per-click ad, right? But we don't know, we can't make, we're spending lots of money. I don't even want to say how much money we're spending. And we didn't know where, like, how to even make intelligent decisions about that spending because we didn't know the source of our leads and we weren't experienced marketing people who hadn't done this before. Anyway, long story short, I didn't really learn the answer to this or like, you know, to like hire some new full-time executive, like a CMO, who could afford that? So we didn't learn until later on after I left that company, after I set up a business as a fractional, meaning a part-time COO, uh, so I have another firm that does that, uh, Wolf Sage Consulting, and so serving clients as a fractional COO, and through my podcast, Win Win Entrepreneurial Community, through the whole entrepreneurial operating system, EOS kind of community, that's a whole ecosystem out there, through them, through the podcast, through networking, uh, ended up meeting tons of people who are fractional CFOs, fractional COOs, fractional integrators, which is another word for COO, for people that do EOS. 
and, you know, met all the CTOs and met all these types of people and realize, you know, this is, you know, and I started doing it myself and realizing what a huge value it is. They don't have to hire you full time. You could have a experienced, been there, done that. They know, they know how to run businesses of this scale before, which you don't. And so you could bring them in, don't have to hire them full time, 250, 300,000, whatever that ends up costing, wherever you live, you don't have to do that. You can have someone part time for a fraction of that cost for a fraction of their time to give you the guidance and research and, you know, re- research insight, uh, leadership, accountability to, to be able to you know, get you the benefit of that knowledge within your business. They're part of your leadership team, uh, but for a fraction of the cost. So just to kind of recap the the origin story, you guys had a startup business that needed experience, needed high level executive leadership. You really couldn't afford it at the time. And you were drowning because you didn't have that input. You didn't have that oversight. You didn't have that, that right. leadership. So you got involved in the EOS stuff. You got involved in helping other people get their operations um, kind of lined up. And you discovered this world of potential fractional executives mm-hmm. that can come in and make big differences for businesses without yeah. costing two hundred fifty or $300,000 a year. Exactly. Amazing. You so, said it more briefly than I did. Well, it's uh, yours was more. So we're looking for accurate, right? Little, little deeper. I, I have to dummy it down for myself, and make sure I understand it sometimes. So, what does a fractional executive or what does fractional leadership look like? Like, what is the actual concept? How does this work? Right. Well, let's say you found somebody, right? That's a whole separate conversation. How do you find the right fractional leader, the right fractional executive for yourself? But once you find somebody, it's you know. Typically, it looks like you pay a monthly retainer to them or their firm, and you have somebody who's, again, experienced, been there, done that in, you know, at, at a bigger level than what you're doing it now or at your level or bigger than what you're doing it now. So you're not, again, like what we most of the time have to do is like, you know, hire somebody who's cheaper and, you know, and kind of try to level them up uh, or learn with them because you don't know how to do it either and hope that they could figure it out. Um, but you can get somebody actually who already knows how to do this as a much, you know, they, they have, as you said, they're smarter than you, not really smarter than you, but they're smarter than you in their thing that they can get you up to speed on. And, um, and so a monthly retainer, they're part of your leadership team. So they're coming to, again, if you, you know, level this up in a way where you have a leadership team, they meet with you weekly, they meet with the leadership team weekly, um, they supervise, they kind of supervise on an out, you know, even though they're an outside person, they're supervising your team in that area. Uh, I'll give you an example of a, of an e-commerce client that, that we just got a at fractional leadership.io. We just got a request from a few weeks ago. They said, we need, uh, they said, we need a CMO, right? We've got talented people. We've got a guy that kind of manages all the performance marketing, they got Amazon, they got their own website and their, um, their, they had somebody doing that. They had somebody doing their brand, their catalog, kind of managing all of that. Um, but still the, 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 the partners had to supervise everything they did because they were good executors at a certain level, but they they were also just figuring this out and, and, and didn't, uh, and didn't really know what they were doing so much. They couldn't drive what they were doing. They could do stuff, but they couldn't really drive it and didn't know strategy, didn't know how things should be. So, um, you know, requested for us to, you know, hey, find us a fractional CMO, find us a part-time CMO. Um, so we gave them several referrals. They just retained one of them. Um, and, 
I mean, you're just extremely happy. I look forward to look forward to, you know, hearing more about what happens. Uh, but they 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 have somebody who's done this before. They've done e-commerce companies before uh, as a CMO, and so like they don't have to just figure it out for the first time. Like they they, they know what to do. They've been there. They've done that. They know what works. So how do businesses know when they're ready for this? Because this isn't something that you start on day one. Like, hey, I want to start a little brand online. Let me hire this fractional executive team. No. That's going to end up being your biggest expense. Exactly. Fractional. So it's not as much as it'd be full time, but it's still going to be at that yeah. level. So how do we know when it's time for us to start looking at positions? And how do we know what positions we actually need? That's a great question. There really, there really is no set answer because you know, there are people who do it right at startup. I mean, there really are some, you know, especially they can get funding, you know, they, they just know, like, you know, sometimes you you need a CTO, like you're building an app, you're a tech company, a SaaS company. That's not what, you know, maybe it's not what you guys are doing. Like you then in the example like that, you know, they need a CTO right away. Right. And, um, and so it's, uh, uh, I guess it's a question. Most of the time it's really after you've survived the startup gauntlet. I would say it's post startup, right? When you're in the startup phase, typically it's all hands on deck, everybody figuring everything out, no structure. Like that's what you actually need to survive because most companies don't survive what I call the startup gauntlet, right? So usually, not always, but usually it's when you pass the startup gauntlet and you're trying to scale up. That's really when you're starting to hit a wall, you're starting to hit a ceiling of your own abilities and talents. Dan Sullivan talks about a concept. If you've read any of the Dan Sullivan strategic coach stuff, he talks about a, a, a concept called who, not how, right? You're hitting the ceiling a lot of times because you ask how, right? Okay, we need to get better at finance and financial analysis. So you say, okay, how do I do that? And you start reading books and websites and YouTube videos and like learning how to use QuickBooks and like trying to figure out finance. That is not what you're great at. That is not what you're best doing. Like you started a company not to like learn QuickBooks and financial analysis. Like you started your company because you like make great stuff and, and love selling great stuff, right? Or whatever it is that you're doing. I was because it's e-commerce. And like that's what you're good at. It is a waste of your time and energy to spend it like relearning and reinventing the wheel with finance. Right. It's uh, when, when you start hitting the ceiling, like now you're three, four, five, ten million dollars of revenue or more. And then you're like trying to figure out the finance thing. Like there are people who've already figured this out. And when you're at that scale, you're hitting the ceiling because you're making dumb decisions. You're wasting money, leaving money on the table, as you said before. And uh, Tim, and so if you could bring in a fractional CFO, they could be with you half a day a week, a day a week, two days a month, four half days a month, whatever. For, you know, a day, a week, whatever, depending on how much you need at your scale, they'll figure that out, out with you and what exactly you need. And you could bring them in and they've done this before, either with e-commerce, not with e-commerce, but they're finance experts. They could help you get your data in the right position, you know, help you budget out in the future. What can you hire that's not going to be reckless? When can you hire? When can you not hire? What are you wasting money on? What are you not making enough profit on that you should be? Like they, they could bring all these things to your attention that you're not aware of because they've done this before multiple times. Um, and so again, I think it's that time when you you realize you're, you're, you're bleeding money or you're hitting the ceiling, you're not scaling, your people don't have the ability to manage your growth, like they don't have the talent. 
And it's against this who, not how concept. Instead of asking, hey, how can I market better? Or how can I get better at finance? Or how can I get better at sales? Instead of learning something new and reinventing the wheel, trying to figure it out, say, who can help me do this? And the amount of time and energy and resources in paying someone, you know, to whatever that retainer is, you know, 2,500, 5, 10, 15,000 a month, again, depending on the type of fractional leader, type of organization, type of experience, uh, that's going to cost you much less than the opportunity cost of having you look up YouTube videos on how to do something, right? That, that you could spend be much better spent on developing products, scaling, doing whatever it is that you love doing and you're great at. You're going to make a lot more money off of that than you are from the money that you spend sure. bringing an expert to build something for you. So what's the advantage of having fractional, right? Is it just that they are more affordable? You're not hiring someone full-time. So I guess, tell me if this is right, from the fractional executive's point of view, instead of working with one company and making $300,000, they can work part-time with six companies for a lot less money per company, but actually probably make more and have more stability and have more freedom, right? For sure. Yeah. Okay. 100%. Is, is there, in addition to just being less expensive, so less payroll basically for me having someone fractional, yeah. is there some truth in this idea that I have that that person's ability to see under the hood of multiple businesses actually increases their value. Because what I see, and I consult with some pretty big companies in space, right? And I see, for example, their marketing teams, they get stuck in a bubble, right? They're always inside that bubble of seeing what this mm -hmm. company's doing, maybe what works, what doesn't, but they don't get examples of other things that work or they don't. And they might make mistakes that other people might have seen or already, or they're missing out on opportunities that are growing for other companies. So is there an advantage also to having someone, I guess, have a bigger sampling of what works and doesn't? Yeah, no, that's a great point. First of all, I would say even before you get to that, another reason why fractional might make sense for you is that the role is not full time. Right. It's not just that it costs less. You may not, you really, you may not often, need it full time. You may not need full time. So that's, that's one thing I would just put out there as a okay. reason. Like at some point you will need it and they yeah. could hopefully scale you up to the point where they could work themselves out of the job. So it's not just it. cost savings. It's like, I legitimately don't need someone 40 hours a yeah. week looking at my books. Very often you don't, okay. you really don't. Um, you know, uh, and so that, that's one thing. And then hopefully they could scale you up where you do need it and they could help you transition in someone and find somebody. But your point is is also very well made that uh, that that having somebody that's working with multiple clients, learning from experience with multiple companies, that's a value. And not only that, you have some people that work as part of firms, so they even concurrently, not just their own clients, they benefit from their colleagues' clients. So, for instance, in my fractional COO firm. Um, Wolf Search Consulting, fractional integrator firm. So we have a group of us and we have time every week where we bring each other's client issues to each other and speak from experience. And we all gain a lot from that. And we all are better able to serve our clients and bring in new experiences. And, oh, I didn't think of that. Or, oh, yeah, you know, just bring more minds, more experiences to the situation and bring more minds to, to the situation which is another benefit. Not everybody. A lot of people are solopreneurs and they still have that benefit that you pointed out, uh, solopreneur fractional leaders. Um, but, um, but, but those that are part of firms have an additional, uh, an additional value that they can sometimes bring as well. So what are the different roles that work best as fractional executives? 
Well, the most common that I've seen, and the ones I write about in, 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 in my book also, again, Fractional Leadership, Landing Executive Talent You Thought Was Out of Reach, is five categories, which is marketing, sales, operations, finance, and technology. So marketing, again, CMOs, sales, CSOs, VPs of sales, whatever you want to call it, CROs, uh, you know, operations, which is fractional COOs, chief operating officers. Um, I actually call my firm as fractional integrators, which is, an, again, a term in the EOS world that they use for fractional COOs. And then finance, fractional CFOs. And finally, technology people, which is fractional CIOs, CTOs, or sometimes CISOs, depending on the you know, what, what they need and what their main concerns are. Um, and some of these e-commerce companies really may need a CIO because uh, they have a tech stack that is their lifeblood. I mean, they're, they're, they're bleeding money if their servers would be down, you know, for even a second or they, if they would have a data loss or anything like that. So sometimes CIO, you know, could be something they would want to think about. But yeah, those are, those are the main categories. There are other types. There are people who do, you know, less common ones. There's people, CLOs, chief legal officers, you know, that some people have, people do chief people officers, which I didn't really include in my book because most of the time when you meet people who say they do fractional HR, usually they're doing more of the admin side of HR, which is valuable. And that's a great fractional resource yeah. also. But what I'm writing about and speaking about is more the fractional executive level C-suite type yeah. of uh, resource. I got you. So most of these fractional leadership roles, are they filled by independent people that are typically like freelance consultants or cause you've kind of mentioned your firm where you have multiple people that are working in this integration kind of positioning. So are they typically firms of the group or are they typically just freelancers running solo? Yeah, it's a mix. I would say, uh, I would say anecdotally, I don't even know. Anecdotally, I think there are more freelancers, solo practitioner, fractional leaders than those in firms. Uh, but there are many who are, but there are many who are part of firms. I don't know if it's 40, 60, something like that, yep. but there's definitely many that are part of firms. Uh, probably not a majority just in my personal experience, but uh, it definitely is a big mix. And so you just want to think about, you know, typically people who you get through firms typically are going to be a little higher cost, right? Yep. So you have to think about that and that depending, you know, depending on the firm, depending on uh, the person that, you know, that could be a knockout right there or that you could use them um, or um, but they have those benefits. They typically have a more of a proven process, more of a system that their people are using. They're typically are, their people are part of a team, not on an island. So you, you have certain benefits of that. Um, but you just have to think, I guess, what's going to be a better fit for you or you could meet people of both types and, you know, and see see what resonates more. Got it. So what about experience level? Right. Am I typically trying to hire somebody who has worked for a large corporation and understands like a very traditional C-suite uh, experience and is kind of stepping down and helping smaller companies? Or do I want someone that has worked specifically in the startup world that's helped the business grow? Like which level of experience or type of experience is more valuable for a right. fractional executive for my team? It's a great, great question. Uh I mean, if you're a smaller or smaller mid-sized startup or, or or business that's trying to scale up, typically you're not going to want somebody from a big corporate background. Typically, what I say is you want people who has experience with your size company or bigger. That's what I typically say, because if you have somebody that's used to, I mean, I've definitely heard horror stories like this of people who hire a fractional CFO, like from a 
big, you know, Fortune 500 company and bring it into a, you know, a, an early stage startup. And it's just a disaster. There, people, people have to understand. I mean, again, you don't want to have to retrain people. People need to understand. That's the whole benefit of having a fractional leader is they understand they understand what it's like in the startup world, what's in the what it's like in the entrepreneurial world. And they're not trying to like build like they're not trying to like tell you, oh, you have to use SAP or some like insanely expensive ERP system yeah. in your in your company. You want somebody that can understand, like understands the the financial limitations of where you are, that you got to do things in kind of a shoestring budgeted kind of way. Like maybe they're your biggest expense, right? They're what you're splurging on. You know, but then what you know when it comes to you know they can help you figure. And if they understand your level, like maybe they could say, "Hey, you need this system, even though it's expensive," because that's just something you didn't know. I was just scared to make that jump, but really, I do need it. And it's penny wise, pound foolish not to go that route. But if somebody does have experience and really understands what it's like and what it needs to be like at an organization of your scale, then they can help you determine when is the right time to you know kind of spend a lot and when is when can we can go shoestring. But if they don't. But if they don't have a background in small companies, if they kind of grew up right out of college and worked at big companies, they don't understand. I mean, they don't, yeah. they're not going to understand what it's like and what it needs to be like in an organization like yours. Whole different can of worms. Yeah. It's so, a, it could be a disaster. I mean, somebody could be very street smart and have a very good intuition and high emotional intelligence, and they could kind of adapt to that possibly. But it also could be a likely. big disaster. Yeah. Um, and I won't even make a comment about how like a CFO probably doesn't have a whole lot of emotional intelligence, right? That would be like, a, <laughs> oh, okay. no, come on. Get it, get it, get it. All right. So, uh, so talk to me about time, right? If I am, and let's set the stage here for a second, just going back to what you said. As a brand new startup, I'm not ready for fractional leadership, right? But as a scaling company, I am. So maybe I'm a year in, maybe I'm two years in, maybe yeah. we're doing all of these things, but not doing them very well, right? I've got an accountant that really I need someone internally. I'm doing some marketing. It could be better. Right. So I want agency, to start hiring. Yeah, I've got an agency and I want to move it in-house and train my own team, all that good stuff. We have a couple of lower level people doing some of the tactical, but nothing above that. Gotcha. So when I'm at that point, based on at least the five primary types of positions you've mentioned, what kind of time commitment do you think most startup companies or second level startup companies need? Am I hiring a fractional CMO that's working five hours a month or 15 hours a month? Does my CFO work one hour a week or five hours a week? Like what, what type of time requirements do you typically see with these different roles? It's again, unfortunately, very hard to give a to give a typical. You really have to see what's right for you and and what you need. Um, but th there's a wide range. I would say that for CMOs, I typically see a, a higher amount of involvement if that's what you're if that's what you're bringing on, uh, where maybe they're working even two days a week uh, with you, maybe with two clients. And I, I've definitely seen I've, I've seen that. Um, Again, with CFOs, again, I've seen CFOs doing, you know, two half days a month, you know, like, uh, you know, two half days a month. And, you know, you got your external bookkeepers, your internal bookkeepers, and they kind of work with them to make sure they're giving the right output. And then they kind of do their magic and analysis and have a conversation with you or your leadership team, you know, once or twice a month. Uh, I've seen others that are a full day a week. I mean, as a fractional COO, a fractional integrator, uh, me and the people on my team, we're typically working with clients about a full day a week, doing leadership team meetings, meeting with the visionary, the CEO, the founder every week, 
meeting with the other members of the leadership team, possibly working a little bit on a project, on, a, on some kind of cross-functional project that we're helping move forward. So we're typically working about a day a week. Uh, so I would say that's pretty typical is about a day a week, but you definitely find less, you find more. It's hard to say uh, something that's typical because it really depends on what you need, depends on the type of organization, depends on the position, you know, marketing, yep. sales, operations, finance, technology. So it's not no, easy to give a, a too typical of an answer. So I asked you the impossible question, essentially, which is all yeah, right. It, it gives me an idea. So <laughs> let's say that my my e-commerce business is to the point where I'm ready for this. Like I need someone that can level up my marketing. I need someone that can help me make these financial decisions. Like should we take working capital or not? You know, all these things that are kind of mm-hmm. uh, above my pay grade, so to speak, from experience. Right. How do I go about finding the right person or the right people to work with my company? Yeah, so great question. I mean, the, the traditional way is good old Google, right? Um, the issue is, and you actually alluded to this in your introduction, that they're like, what terminology do you even use? You know, we're talking about part-time, fractional, outsourced, as a service. Like, there's so many different terminologies you can use. And that's part of the issue. It's part of why I wrote this, again, book, Fractional Leadership, because if you want to find somebody, you don't even know what to Google. You, you Google any term, you end up finding only a fraction of the people out there that do what you're looking for. Um, but again, the traditional way is Google and a notepad, right? You get out of your notepad and you search a bunch of websites, write down their names and try to figure out, you know, maybe what they charge, what kind of industry experience they have, if they have a match with you, what you think you're looking for and try to just write down and take a notes out with about a bunch of them and then get on five, 10, 15, 20 calls over the course of a month or two and you're going to just find that they don't say what their budget, you know, what they charge, or they don't say the industry experience that you that is meaningful to you. So you end up going through and kissing a bunch of frogs. That's a typical way. And like, eventually you should get there. I mean, the truth is, if you have friends, if you could put in a peer networking group, or you could put in some kind of peer group you have, say, hey, who's used a fractional CFO before that worked out really well? And then if you have a friend, somebody that you know and trust, they're not a stranger, uh, and they say they had a good experience with a certain fractional CFO or CMO, et cetera, then that's a great way of finding somebody. Googling, again, looking around, kissing frogs, that's another, you know, most common way, but it's high, high effort, as, as Deadpool always says, maximum effort, right? And so you end up maximum effort method, right? And so, you know, but look, this is, this is why I created fractionalleadership.io to do my little pitch here, right? Which is, you know, what I call kind of like the thing I wish I had when I was searching for fractional executives for the businesses I was a fractional executive in, but I'm a COO looking for a CMO or looking for a CFO um, or when I'm a fractional integrator looking for clients, right? And I like the, the resource I wish I had. So I just created fractionalleadership.io as a vetted fractional leader referral platform meaning I check three references, like directly talk to three references for each fractional leader firm or solo practitioner in our network, uh, figure out what they do, what their industry experience is, what they charge, and you know, go to fractionalleadership.io, request a referral, and we look at what you're looking for, how big you are, what you need, what you can afford, and then make referrals of people who we've vetted um, and try to make it easier. That's That's our goal there. And again, try to overcome also that issue of, Kissing frogs, that issue of most relevant information is not available uh, or people don't put on their websites or their LinkedIn profiles. And anyway, it's a manual process. So trying to make it easier at least. So here's the the thing that always terrifies me, right? If I'm hiring someone 
that's supposed to know what I don't know? How do I know if they know what they claim to know? Right? Like if I'm hiring uh, uh, someone that is going to be my assistant or someone that maybe has a lower level experience in me, it's easy for me to weed out the bull crap if they claim to have experience. Right. But if I don't understand high level financial decision making, how do I know if this guy interviewing to be my fractional CFO is worth a crap or if he's blowing smoke up? Exactly. My that, 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 that's the exact issue, right? So that's why I mentioned that if you have a friend, somebody you trust or a colleague or somebody you know from a networking group who has used somebody before, well, then you know that they're the real deal. They can deliver because your friend has used them. Um, if you're doing the Google method, yeah, all you know is their conversations unless you ask for references, which is, again, more work. But you could check the references. Um, but that's part of why I set up fractionalleadership.io the way I did, because I've checked their references. Like, I, does it guarantee that they're not, you know, that they could really deliver? It doesn't guarantee it, but hopefully increases the level of confidence that that plus the conversations you have with them, uh, you know, can assure you that they really can deliver. Um, I actually had, I tell a story in my book. I interviewed somebody on my podcast and told the story in the book about a, um, what was it? It was an HR consulting firm who hired uh, a couple of fractional CMOs that didn't work. And so I specifically wanted to interview her to ask, okay, why did those, why did those retainers of fractional people, uh, fractional CMOs, I think it was like, why didn't it work? So one was with her, one of the, one of the things we learned was that she wasn't like she was just too deferential. Like you say, I don't know what they know, but she was too deferential. They were like trying to solve problems that she's like, you know, we don't get our clients that way. You're like, like I get my clients by my speaking engagements, but you're like focused on SEO. Like I don't get leads like that. That's not how leads come in my business. And so like they didn't speak up and like ask the questions to understand. I mean, you can still ask questions, but you don't have to just take it on faith. Like if they say something, they'll be able to explain to you why it's this way. And they should be able to help you understand, hey, this is what happens if you do it that way. It's like, oh, I understand why you would think that, but here's what happened. Like they can get you there to help you understand it. And the other thing I would say is, uh, you know, so, so you have to listen to your gut. But the other thing I would say is that the advantage of a fractional executive person that you're retaining relative to a full-time hire is that it is lower risk. It is less trauma to the organization if it doesn't work out. If you bring on your CFO or you bring on a COO and th- this person is going to help you run the company and you bring them on, they're part of the team, and then it flames out two months later. It's very traumatic to you. Yeah, it's a it's big very, hit to the org chart. It's a big hit to the the staff. Like everything yeah, is massively everything. The people, the morale. It, it also gives you kind of like a PTSD that you don't want to like do it again. Yeah. Like it's it's very damaged. Like you know, and then you end up going even longer without bringing on the right person so because you have question. such PTSD and fear of commitment. Does a so fractional person? Fraction, what I'm sorry. Does a fractional person actually get inserted into the org chart? Yeah. Like like, do I have staff members reporting, reporting to, to this fractional person, yeah. or that fractional person? Typically, reports to yeah. Me? That's the advantage, right? Is that you, it could take it off your shoulders to a great extent. So it's not just a consultant. It is literally somebody. A consultant does a project. They do certain work. Maybe they only report to the CEO or maybe they only report to some other leader that they're working under, but they become part of your leadership team just on a fractional basis. And, um, and, you know, but still they're not part of the organization. They're still an outsider. They're still only their part time. They're not as much of a commitment. They have a lot more experience. It's a faster, um, 
It's a faster rollout of what they do. And it's just less traumatic. If it doesn't work out, it ends up not being a match. It's like, okay, you know what? We gave it a shot. It's less traumatic, less PTSD, less morale dampener for the for the for your people. It's just less traumatic if it doesn't work out. I'm not saying you should like go in expecting it to not work out, but it is a nice kind of a bridge step, a baby step towards this role. Maybe a year or two later you go to full time. Yeah. Um, but it's a nice bridge step, a baby step, and there's less trauma if it doesn't work out. So I think that is an added advantage. Well, this is a lot of good information. I'm, we're getting close to time. We need to wrap up. But I will say that this topic is coming up more and more in the e-commerce, e-commerce mm-hmm. world. And it's not just because businesses are maturing and need that kind of, um, you know, that bridge, that kind of gap filler. But also people are starting to realize, hey, we're missing a lot of opportunities, right? So it's not like, hey, we want this person. We can't afford it. We'll do a part-time. And it's like, a, oh, my gosh, I don't know everything I thought I did. Or, oh, my goodness. There is a solution out there, which is this fractional executive or fractional right. leadership role. So this is really timely information. I've actually been talking about this in my coaching community for like the past two months. Like it just mm-hmm. keeps coming up. So really, really good information. I suspect that if people had more information that they wanted to get or more questions or wanted to see more content, they could go to your website, which is fractionalleadership.io. You've probably got blogs and all sorts of cool stuff in there. Exactly. The podcast, blog. Um, there's a link to the info on the book there. People can order copies of the book in bulk if they want to, but yeah, the links to the Amazon page is there. You can just search on Amazon for fractional leadership. Uh, you should find it. Okay. Awesome. Well, I thank you so much for being on. I appreciate all of you listening. And if any of you have found value in this, make sure to leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Give us a thumbs up, give us a subscribe on the YouTube channel, share this with any of the mastermind or groups or, or friends that you have that are in the space that need to hear this. And we'll see all of you on the next episode. Thanks for coming, Ben. Thanks for having me.